On the next Out of the Blue from Middle Tennessee State University, we talk about the revival of the Blue Zoo. We explore the Center for Popular Music at MTSU. And we look at some of the features in the new MTSU magazine. I'm Andrew Oppman, and this is Out of the Blue. The Blue Zoo was once the name given to the student sections at MTSU's Floyd Stadium and Murphy Center. In its heyday, the zoo was both loud and proud. But the Blue Zoo faded into history, and now Kobe Herman and a team of fellow students are bringing the Blue Zoo back to life. Kobe is here with us today, along with Chelsea Floyd, our Assistant Athletics Director for Marketing, to talk about this and other changes for the football season. Welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us. having us. So Kobe, this is, I know this has been a labor of love over the summer for you, but let's just start with the basics. Why the Blue Zoo? Why, why do we need the Blue Zoo? Yeah, so when I first came to MTSU, or when I first made my decision to come here, it was right around the time that we beat Michigan State in March Madness, and it was a great time. And I was really excited to come to a campus that, that had such a great energy from its student section and just had so much success in Division I athletics. And so when I first got here, I was greeted with the Blue Zoo, which was an awesome student section. Everybody was having fun. But then the creator, graduated and things I noticed that things kind of started to decline after my first couple of years here. So I came up with the idea of coming back with more structure, uh, taking their initial idea from their from what started as a social media page that just kind of grew into a movement. Mm -hmm. And I went I took that and made it into more of an organized effort uh, for all students to have a great experience at games. And one of the things you mentioned giving it more structure because they, they really were fantastic. I mean, the, the old Blue Zoo was, was everything you wanted in a, in a good, rowdy section. But when they didn't have a mechanism to pass the torch along, they lost something in that. And Chelsea, that was difficult to kind of bring until someone else wanted to step forward, right? It was difficult for me because when I went to school here, um, Blue Zoo was in its prime. You know, I remember having a mesh banner at football, being loud in Murphy Center for basketball, and to move into a marketing assistant role right when they left and to see it kind of fall, mm -hmm. I knew that was something that, you know, I remember I cherished as a student and I did not want to lose that. And I wanted someone that could bring it back to life. And I knew that in the role I was in that I might not be able to do it, but I, I had the hope that it would come back at mm -hmm. some point. And one of the things I've loved about following your, your progress over the summer is that you're starting the foundation of the new Blue Zoo with incoming freshmen, the, the folks that are just arriving. Talk about how you're reaching those new students and how you're talking to them about the Blue Zoo. We knew that we wanted to have a great base of freshmen coming in because when you start a new movement, you need people who are going to be able to carry it on once you're done. So we made it a big uh, effort to attend the customs orientation sessions, uh, tell them what we're doing, try to let them know that, hey, this is something that, that we have done before and it's a lot of fun. And if you guys can get behind it, it's kind of a self uh, fulfilling prophecy. If you don't go to games, then it's not going to be fun for everybody. But if everybody can can get behind this idea and they all show up, then it's a great time. We've been at every customs orientation session speaking uh, alongside coaches to the whole group. We've also had a table at the student organization fairs that they have for each session. And we're up over 1,500 students who have marked their interest, and that's just incoming freshmen. So we know that the movement is resonating with a lot of uh, incoming freshmen. Chelsea, that's important to get those incoming freshmen, right? If freshmen 
get engaged with MT Athletics, they'll become sophomores, hopefully juniors and seniors, and then alums, right? Yeah, and marketing, we attend customs too. We do a departmental fair where we kind of tell them about our department, and then we meet with them in the morning with coaches and alongside Kobe. And that's important to us because when we get to the freshmen, they have four years. We hope they're here four years, and that's four years of when they're freshmen and they enjoy the games. And so you got to start it, and we've got to keep it going, but we also have to have people that we know will be here a while. So getting your freshmen on board is really important and resonates to our older students that are sophomores, juniors, and seniors. When they see the freshmen are involved in going to games, they're like, all right, we can come too. We can come and join you guys and we can be friends and we can socialize. I want it to be a social time. I want it to be fun for everyone. So Chelsea, let's talk about some of the changes coming to Floyd Stadium this this fall. Uh, start with the beer garden. What the heck is going on there? That's going to be actually on the field, right? Yes, so Blue Raider Beer Garden started as a thought after our Conference USA Championship. We did a hospitality tent on our field. And you know, after the season, we kind of were like, what new attractions could we add? And it took a visit to a couple of minor league baseball parks. And I was like, we need a beer garden. You know, we have this MTSU fermentation science program. We need to be united some way where it makes it fun and we can test things. The experience that you're gonna get by being on the field under like, you know, with beer and being with cornhole and Jenga, it's just, it's a party. Mm -hmm. And it's literally right behind its, it's behind the end zone. I mean, when you say on the field, you will be on the same turf as the players, not on the playing field itself, but you're, but you're gonna be outside of the playing field. 12 right? feet, I think, yeah. from the end zone. Yeah. So you are, I you're mean, you're inside, turf. you're on turf. I mean, yeah. one long football pass and you <laughs> might be catching a football. I mean, how cool is that? That is pretty cool. I mean, it really, it's, 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 it's nothing like it in, in yeah. Tennessee athletics. It's just, just this incredible, no other university has anything like this. But also in addition to the beer garden, you've got the enhanced family fun zone. Um, and that's really attractive to another definable market too, right? The families that want to bring kids to games and have fun. Yeah, of course. Um, a couple years back when I was a student, we used to have Raider Town and you know, we used to have bands and it used to always be outside the stadium. And you know, the years gone by, most people like to tailgate with their friends and family and then move into the stadium. So that extra Raider town was just a stop inside and you know, we really don't wanna do that anymore. So we're like, why don't we bring it inside? And in the past, we've always had like one or two inflatables up there, but we've never really paid attention to it. So this year we wanted to bring it like a carnival theme. I mean, four inflatables, a balloon artist, a face painter, different carnival games, like every game and you know, adding a couple picnic tables where our parent, parents of the kids can come and sit and chat watch the game because you're in a prime view. I mean, you're right there over the field right? and your kids can play. Right, and both of these attractions, both the beer garden and the family, uh, the family fun zone, no additional cost. If you're already at the game, you can go, right? Everything is free. Once you're in our game, we want you to experience everything that you can because you've paid to get in that game. We wanna provide you in a fun experience. So mm -hmm. Family Fun Zone is free. Any kid can come up there and play, get their face painted, no cost. The Blue Raider Beer Garden, if you're 21 and up, you can go down in that garden and have a beer, you know, play some games, just socialize with friends, you know, grab a brat or hot dog from up of our grill that we're gonna have there. We wanna give you an enhancement. Now you've got to pay for the beer and you've got to pay for the brat, right? Got to pay okay, for the beer but... and the brat. You can be in our club level. You can be a parent with a student guest ticket. Anyone can come. Mm. You know, we, you can even be a visitor. You That's... know, if you're visiting our stadium, we want you to enjoy your time because we also want you to come back. 
Well, Chelsea, that sounds exciting, and I, it is going to be a great experience for fans. Thank you both for being on Out of the Blue and sharing all this with us. Yes, thank you for thank having me. Thank you so me. much. And we'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. I am True Blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I'm a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Pass it on! Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppmann. The Center for Popular Music at Middle Tennessee State University is one of the world's oldest and largest research centers devoted to the study of folk and popular music. The archive holds more than one million items related to American music traditions in formats that range from sheet music to songbooks and sound recordings to photographs and posters. Here to tell us more is Dr. Greg Reich, director of the center, and welcome to Out of the Blue. Thank you for having me. We should have had Excited you on a long time ago. You've got a great center. I always have a lot to talk about. We yes. have a lot going on at the center all the time. Fantastic stuff. But tell our viewers who may not be familiar with the Center for Popular Music, give me the fast elevator pitch. What's the center like? What does it do? And how unique it is in the world of music? It's been in existence since 1985, and its primary function is as a research archive. So we preserve rare and original materials uh, sound recordings, sheet music, sacred and secular songbooks, photographs, manuscripts, correspondence, all kinds of things related to all kinds of American folk and commercial music making, vernacular music as we sometimes call it. Mm -hmm. So we are there as a preservation 
uh, site, but also to provide those materials to students, musicians, researchers, documentarians. We serve the students and faculty of MTSU first and foremost, naturally, but we are also open to the greater uh, community of scholars and musicians, and we have people coming uh, literally from all over the world to work with materials that they simply cannot find anywhere else in one place. Some of them are truly unique, one-of-a-kind items. In addition to that, we do a lot of public programming. We have concerts, we have workshops and symposia and conferences. We have authors come in and give book talks about you know, various topics in uh, popular music studies. Uh, we have film screenings where we have people involved with the making of the films come in and talk about uh, the work that they're doing. Uh, we're trying to bring the, the study, the embrace, the preservation of American uh, folk and popular music to as wide an audience as we can. We also operate a Grammy-winning record label called Spring-Fed Records, mm -hmm. which is dedicated to preservation and dissemination of folk music of the South. So we have a lot of string band music and blues and black gospel and Southern Texas uh, conjunto music. Uh, from San Antonio. We have uh, a wide diversity of things representing grassroots music of the American South. Very recently, the Grammy Museum grant program included the center with uh, an amazing array of institutions, the Smithsonian Institution, the City College of New York, uh, Tulane, the San Francisco Symphony, an array of great organizations to receive grants for music research and sound preservation. And here we are, the Center for Popular Music. Talk about the grant that they've given to you and sure. what you hope to use that money to achieve. Yeah, so this is actually our third Grammy grant. It's one that's just commenced, and it is a project to catalog and digitize a significant portion of a massive collection that we have in the archive of John Hartford's audio tapes. Uh, John Hartford died in 2001 and he was a central figure in folk Americana, bluegrass, newgrass, which is a kind of progressive bluegrass, and he was a central figure in the birth of that. And his impact and his influence are still very much with us today. A lot of younger musicians really revere John. Mm -hmm. He was uh, a compulsive documenter of everything he did for years. He was at the center of the Nashville acoustic music scene. He knew everybody, he played with everybody, he wanted to play music 24 hours a day <laughs> if, if he could. Uh, and he taped everything that mm -hmm. he did, every jam session, every live performance, every visit he made to an old fiddler that he was trying to learn from, he recorded everything. And so this particular grant program um, from the Grammy Museum is to digitize and uh, carefully catalog with all of the content, song titles, who is, uh, what musicians are, are heard on the tapes of jam sessions that he recorded. Mm. I decided to focus on those as our first big chunk of the entire collection. These are recordings, some of them made in John's house where there were jams going on very, very frequently. Uh, some of them made in other people's homes. He liked to visit Earl Scruggs' home. He was good friends with Earl Scruggs. They both lived up in Madison, Tennessee, uh, just north of Nashville. And um, uh, some of the jams were made at uh, venues, backstage at the Opry or in, uh, at fiddle contests wow. and so on. Now, we haven't dug into very much of this yet. That's what the grant 
is going to allow us to do, to digitize all of it, to preserve the tapes, to convert it all to, to digital, uh, but also to go through and spend time listening to the tapes wow. and hearing exactly Who knows what, you're what gonna it find. is. Yeah, we really I mean, you don't really know. don't know. I mean, yeah. that's because until you listen to them, you don't know what you right. got. Right. But how appropriate that this is falling to you to do. I, I, I noticed this is a book, uh, John Hartford's Mammoth Collection of Fiddle Tunes, that uh, you are one of the uh, compilers and narrators yeah. of, of this book. Yeah, so th this was a book that came out in uh, the summer of 2018, and it is um, a, a sort of a biography of John's life with the fiddle. He's often known as a songwriter and as a banjo player, and for good reason. Composer of Gentle on My Mind, that was his big hit hmm. that financed a lot of his other um, investigations and interests over uh, the rest of his life. But he was absolutely a fanatic about all things fiddle. And that was a part of his story that really was underappreciated and hadn't been told yet. One of the things that the Hartford family found among his uh, effects when he uh, passed away was a uh, multiple stacks, actually, of uh, music notebooks, spiral-bound manuscript books that John had filled up with fiddle music. Some of it was transcription of other things that he heard, but most of it was original tunes. And very few of these tunes ever got into circulation. He only recorded literally a handful of them, played literally a handful of them out of thousands of tunes that he wrote. So these are like musical diaries wow. of a sort, you know, over the course of nearly 20 years of work. So I had the opportunity to interview a long list of uh, prominent musicians who knew John were around when a lot of these tunes were being written, although they didn't necessarily know it. Uh, he even named tunes for some of these uh, famous musicians. Uh, Bela Fleck and Sam Bush and Norman Blake and Nancy Blake and uh, you know just lots and lots of people who uh, donated their time uh, to share stories with me about the creation of these tunes, about John's fiddle world. Uh, so a lot of the narrative that's in here, there's a long introduction and then more text that is uh, run throughout the book, comes from those interviews, but also from information gleaned from the notebooks themselves. And that is interspersed with photographs from the Hartford Archive and uh, some of John's own delightful line drawings. He was a, a fine illustrator, just a creative figure of a, you know, a enormous, enormous magnitude. Greg, what an amazing archive, what an amazing center. I do want to mention the book one more time, John Hartford's Mammoth Collection of Fiddle Tunes, available now on Amazon and where, Amazon you, where or you, you buy your books. Right, or you can go to the Hartford Office own website, um, just Google it, it'll come right up. Thanks for being on Out of the Blue. Thanks for having me, it's been a pleasure. And we'll be right back. Your MTSU Alumni Association has a goal of placing this pin on the lapel of all those who call this campus theirs. Let's pass that tradition on. Let's pass it on. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. I 
I am true blue. As a member of this diverse community, I am a valuable contributor to its progress and success. I am engaged in the life of this community. I'm a recipient and a giver. I'm a listener and a speaker. I am honest in word and deed. I am committed to reason, not violence. I am a learner. Now and forever. I am a Blue Raider. I am a Blue Raider. I'm a Blue Raider. True Blue. Pass the tradition on. Pass the tradition on. Do you want the advantages of a major university with the Ivy League experience of an honors college? What you're looking for is right in front of you. Middle Tennessee State University's beautiful campus is home to over 140 majors taught in state-of-the-art facilities. Our undergraduates get hands-on experience, working alongside a highly respected and caring faculty. Take a closer look. Become True Blue. Middle Tennessee State University offers more than 100 master's and doctoral degrees designed for working professionals. Many of MTSU's graduate programs are offered partially or completely online. More information is available at mtsu.edu graduate. Don't underestimate me. Don't count me out. Don't limit my potential. Don't block my runway. We are Middle Tennessee State University. I exceed expectations. I work harder than the rest. I set the tone. I still serve with honor. I go the distance. I am True Blue. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. I'm Andrew Oppmann. The latest edition of MTSU Magazine, our premier publication that reaches more than 110,000 alums twice a year, was just delivered to readers a few days ago. And here to tell us all about it is Drew Rubel, our senior editor of MTSU Magazine and a former host of this very program, Out of the Blue. Welcome back to your show. Well, I don't know if it was my show. One time at Kennan Hall of Fame, I did broadcast the show and that was quite an experience for me. Well, you've made a mark. Welcome back. Thank you. So let's talk about the cover story. Let's talk about this. It's very recognizable to our audience. This is our chairman of the board, Steve Smith. And uh, the title of this is called Legendary Comebacks. And there's a double meaning to that. Obviously, uh, a, a baseball player with a personal story, but also a student academic story behind that. Why don't you fill our readers in? The, the state of Tennessee has a program, an initiative called the Drive to 55. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a program intended to get 55% of all Tennesseans to degree attainment, college degree attainment by the year 2025. Uh, this is obviously an important program for higher education in the state. It's an important program for economic development and uh, business development across the state as well. And MTSU, as the, one of the largest degree granting institutions in the state, plays a big role in this. One of the ways that MTSU fulfills on that promise is through the adult degree completion program that has been running for quite a while. It's a wildly successful program. Mm -hmm. uh, these are people who had some college credit dropped out for one reason or another, but MTSU actively recruits people like this to come back to college. To Mr. Smith, he, he has to be the highest profile adult degree completer in the history of MTSU. Uh, <laughs> as you can see from the cover, he's, he's wearing a baseball cap, he's holding a baseball. He was a student athlete at MTSU in the 70s. He experienced a terrible car accident. 
he experienced probably a more terrible recovery from that accident. Uh, but he did fight his way back to uh, pitch for the team again. In fact, he was part of a, of a conference championship team, I believe in 1976 at MTSU. But he would be the first one to tell you that he was here to play ball, uh, not necessarily for academics. Uh, his father was very successful in real estate. He took a job with his father. I dropped out of college. Left without left a college, degree. Left without a degree. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about wildly successful. I mean, you're talking about Mr. Smith. He's uh, the real estate company is one of the largest in the state of Tennessee. Uh, he also casts a very large shadow over Tennessee politics um, and in the state GOP. So why did he come back? If you ask him, he will tell you the main reason that he did this was to set an example for student athletes at MTSU. He casts a very large shadow on the campus of MTSU, particularly in the athletic realm. He's at all the games. He's a significant supporter and donator to the athletics program. In fact, the baseball field is named in honor of his father as a result of a gift that he gave to the university. And he told us that he hopes that student athletes today look at him and say, hey, if getting a degree was important to Mr. Smith and he's 60 something, then maybe it's important for me to get my degree as well, not just play ball here at MTSU. MTSU Magazine is, we, we call it the premier publication of the university for a big reason, because if we have your address, <laughs> uh, we will send you a copy of this magazine and you're an alum of this university. It's a huge benefit of our MTSU Alumni Association to provide this. but. It is also our primary storytelling device too. And one of the other stories I noticed with interest in the book was our package on our ready to work degree programs. And that's a relatively new phrase in our lexicon, the ready to work. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and why that's uh, kind of entering into our vocabulary. Okay, and it does connect really to the adult degree completion program. You know, I'm an English major. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a, a master's degree in writing. Uh, I'm actually working on a PhD right now that's at the intersection of sport and fiction. So I'm a big liberal arts guy. I'm a big proponent of, uh, of the value of a liberal arts education. I think I'm evidence uh, of someone who can be successful in life and get work and contribute to the economy as a liberal arts major. That said, I also, my last job before coming to MTSU was as uh, editor of the only statewide business magazine in Tennessee. And I can tell you there's not a CEO or a business owner across the state of Tennessee that isn't interested and concerned about higher education's role in preparing a workforce uh, and preparing people for jobs of tomorrow and moving Tennessee's economy forward. So what we tried to do with this piece is take a look at, at a sampling of programs at MTSU, and it is a sampling, it's not comprehensive, uh, but about 15 to 20 programs that really stick out when it comes to preparing graduates for real life jobs, jobs of tomorrow, jobs that are needed in the state today. So, uh, and we, we call it ready to work. Concrete management would be a great example. Um, this is a first of its kind program in the nation. It was conceived in partnership with industry. There's not a graduate of that program that doesn't have five, 10 job offers for high paying jobs on the table before they graduate. It's absolutely incredible. It is incredible. And if there's, if you need any further proof that this is important to the state, consider that the, the General Assembly uh, in their last budget cycle set aside, I believe $30 million in state funding to build a standalone building on this campus to house this program. So uh, really a signature program for MTSU and one that speaks to this ready to work graduates theme. I love the fact that you, you, you've made the uh, connection to uh, liberal arts education. President McPhee is very, very uh, passionate about that. He feels that in order to prepare people for the jobs to come, the, the fifth or sixth job in their lives and careers, they need to have that good grounding in liberal arts 
And that's what makes our university in these ready-to-work programs special because of that liberal arts base from the College of Liberal Arts, which is fantastic. Well, Drew, thanks for coming on the show, sharing MTSU Magazine. It's already in the hands of our readers as we speak. Been there for a couple of days. We appreciate you telling us all about all the wonderful things of this edition. Thank you. And this does wrap up another edition of Out of the Blue. But before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to our producer, Rob Jansen, who recently received not just one, but two National Tele Awards for his video work at our university. And this very show was recently honored by the Tennessee College Public Relations Association as the best news broadcast among the state's universities. Congratulations to Rob and our entire Out of the Blue crew. Now you can find more stories and videos about the campus 24 hours a day by visiting our website, mtsunews.com. And we invite you to follow MTSU on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for additional special content. I'm Andrew Oppman, and I hope you'll always remain True Blue. Out of the Blue is broadcast on Murfreesboro Cable Channel 9, Monday through Sunday, 7 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. News Channel 5 Plus and MTSU student station, MT10. It's also available on other cable outlets in Middle Tennessee, so check your local listings. Out of the Blue is a production of MTSU's Division of Marketing and Communications and MTSU Audiovisual Services in the College of Education. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.